Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, morena, tēnā koutou katoa. Hello and how are you all? I've missed you all. Welcome back to Jules from NZ. Kate Pehe Koto, you know. Um diet how am I? How how am I? Okay, uh I am I'm good. I'm good. Um I'm in my car. Um <laughs> which is not how I wanna be recording this episode, but I have been really struggling to get back to you all, basically. Um really, really struggling to get the any episode out and so I thought I would start by just starting in the, what little time I have um, I uh, the reason everything is now different and why it is harder than ever for me to get to the podcast recording is because I have a new job I, I've been doing this job now for uh, today is Friday of week three and I have been through two sites, several different trainings. Um, so I, basically for those of you who know any, well actually it wouldn't matter, would it? I, I've been training in the central city location with a team that really knows what it is that they're doing, has solid processes. Um, the team's been around for a while. They have one new service advisor also, which is my role, so service advisor. Um, but he's been there for like three months so he sort of had his feet under the desk as such and so they thought that would be a good place for me to get started because they've already been through the process of training somebody new recently they are quite capable um, and not really making any like major errors or anything now um, there's a few things that <laughs> I picked up that they would like him to do better um, but um, generally speaking that team is very supportive and a great place to start and it was uh, I was there for a week and a half and I could not have asked for a better team to train me so what is my role uh, I work for Ford now Ford Motor Company for well I'm not directly working for Ford I'm working for one of Ford's endorsed dealership slash service centers and so Basically, people can come there and buy cars, yes, but my part of the role is making sure that once they've bought their cars, they get good service when they come into service and maintain their vehicles. Um, now, what I'm learning, I mean, I'm learning a lot about vehicles, but what I'm learning is gen vehicles are generally a grudge purchase, right? People purchase them because they need one, some people will purchase a certain type of vehicle because it's nice, but generally speaking, people will purchase a vehicle because they need it to do a thing. Get to A to, you know, get to B from A, um, and vice versa, you know? Um, but what they don't really have a massive grip on, and even myself, um, I still think that about me, is that they will break. And it's like not often that we buy a thing to use to do a purpose that we 
that we have break and we're just okay with it. Well, I mean, we're not okay with it. That's why everybody gets angry when we have to pay so much money, right? But it's like one of the few things in your life that will break continuously throughout its life until it is basically considered worthless. Uh, and people can be varying stages of okay with that. Some people are like, yeah, that's fine. I'm paying for the maintenance of my car. It's about safety. I need to do it. It gets me from A to B. I can't be without a car, so whatever. Um, and then some people resent every single cent that they have to pay in order to keep their car running. I get that, right? Like, I get it. Instinctively, I understand because I always, like, am very angry when I'm paying my bill uh, at the end of the time as well. So, I get that. Basically, my job as a service advisor is to greet all these customers when they come in. Very hotel concierge. I have to be very like, hello, Mr. Smith. Welcome to Ford. How are you doing today? Can I check your contact details and what your car is in for today? Yes, anything else I need to know about your car? How's it treating you? Is it all good? Okay, wonderful. Um, where are your keys? Right in there? Yes, absolutely. How are you getting to where you're going today? Right, okay, so you're taking, um, you're taking the bus or you need us to drop you off somewhere? Perfect, absolutely. We've got a shuttle. It's just out at the moment. So if you wouldn't mind taking a seat in the waiting room in the lounge just there. We do have free tea and coffee if you'd like to get yourself a coffee while you wait. No, no, won't be long. Only a few minutes. It's just popped out and it will be right back. Um, and we get them situated. I check their car over, record miles, record light setting, record radio setting, try and record seat setting, but God, that one is hard. I just usually go, I've pulled back two clicks in order to drive it. Um, we put a seat cover in, a floor mat in, and we park that puppy up. And then I go back inside, do a bunch of recording about the car that we have, anything extra that they might have told me, what time they're expecting it back, um, all of that kind of recording. And then I talk to the workshop foreman, and he basically puts a person on the job I go back to my computer record who's supposed to be doing the job um, that often changes but it's good to have a name initially to start with and then rinse and repeat until all the cars are in for the morning now at about that point because they are staggered um, something I learned about myself is I've been kind of a dick bringing the car in just whenever and expecting it done like whenever um, all the morning slots in the workshop are obviously taken by the first cars in. So you want to get your car out the quickest, bring it in the first one through the door. Generally speaking, that's the only way to make sure that that happens. And, um, and make sure that you like tell the person everything right up front as much as you can. Don't be calling at two o'clock to check on your car and then tell us that you have this washer wiper issue because what are we supposed to do with that information? Usually we've done your car, you know, rah, rah, rah. Anyway, beside the point. But, so we're doing all of that. The techs will drop the paperwork back on my desk at some point. If you're lucky, nothing extra has happened when they've checked out your car. And I can just type up the paperwork, the horrendous amount of money it actually is. And there's not even a margin that we put on that. It's literally just how much labor did we spend on that? What do the parts cost plus a 
well, yes, plus a margin. Obviously, we have to do that. I have to pay for my job somehow, so there is, you know, a profit margin, but there is that in every single business. Otherwise, we'd all go bust. So, I expect that most people, that would not be a surprise to. But it's all automatically calculated. So, I don't change something just because the customer's a douchebag or something. You pretty much can't. Lots of it is locked up as standard pricing. So, I mean, you have to have a manager's code to change anything. So, when I really get a really grumpy customer and they actually want discount, that I have to get the manager involved in order to unlock a bunch of pricing and give them discounts. So I'm kind of relieved about that because that means that my job is just my job permanently. Um, and if my friends come in and ask me for a discount, I can just be like, Soz can't, um, which is, you know, great for me. Um, anyway, so I type up the paperwork. If there's anything on the paperwork, I get hold of the customer as soon as the paper hits my desk. And I go, hello, sorry, some bad news this thing has happened to your car and it's made it file the warrant. Would you like us to try and deal with this today? If we can, if I go and talk to the parts guy before I bring the customer to see how many of the parts we actually have on site, how many we can get on site quickly and how much of this is like overnight versus maybe even coming from Australia. So it's going to be a few weeks, right? So I have to find out all of that information, then call the customer, tell them all the facts, Usually, um, it's an overnight situation. Usually, most things are overnight because they come from Auckland. Um, I'm not living in the main city. I'm living in the capital city, but Auckland is the biggest city in, in New Zealand. And Auckland is where the ports are. So quite often, things have to come from Auckland. And so it's an overnight situation. And if we don't know about it, um, you know, like the day before, um, then there's no chance of that being fixed on the same day. So I usually have to rebook, but most of the time it's like, oh, your card's failed, it's warrant because of this cracked lamp and this, you know, thing that are all safety things usually. Um, a lot of those parts will rebook you, um, but we're booking like two weeks out pretty much permanently. So today is, what is that, the seventh? And I know that the next available date I have in my calendar is the 17th. Um, so, you know, we're booking 10 days pretty much at the moment. So, um, instead of trying to be like, <coughs> the part comes overnight, we'll get you back in overnight. That would be a disaster. The text would actually kill me because our days are permanently about 10 hours overbooked as it is. And then there's always a customer who goes, oh, there's something wrong with my car, I'll just drop it in at the garage and expect them to fix it that day, right? Not realizing that our garage is always overbooked. So we'll get the occasional drop-in, someone who wants us to install wipers, someone who's got a bad battery, someone who's just got a light on their car that they want us to just scan it. None of them realize how much time it actually takes and that we don't actually have the time. And if we spend the time on those drop-in customers, we're going to make somebody who's in the workshop behind, right? So then we have an angry customer of like the person who dropped off their car first thing in the morning doing the right thing, right? So it all has a flow on effect as I'm learning. So usually we try and have a look at it, make sure it's nothing, no offense, but dumb people have done. Somebody bought, rung us really shitty about a seatbelt that wasn't working. Um, they could not get it to click and 
was Ford okay with their customers walking, you know, driving around with unsafe seatbelts because um, they didn't give a shit that we couldn't book them for, you know, until the 17th to get it in properly. They wanted it looked at now. So we were like, okay, bring it in. Uh, and they bought it in and they'd kicked up such a fuss um, and it was all over a piece of stone in their seatbelt holder. So if they had actually just looked at that themselves, they would have been able to pull out the piece of stone that was stopping the seatbelt holder from clicking and then just sorted it themselves. But, you know, that is what we're dealing with on a day-to-day -day basis. Most of the time, those little things are usually something easy. But a lot of the stuff that cars come in for uh, could have been fixed with good servicing. So if they'd bought it in on time with their servicing, um, we could have fixed that oil filter or whatever that has now got water in it and now we have to strip a whole bunch of stuff out to just make sure that it's not just the oil filter but if you'd bought it in when the oil filter needed to be changed we could have sorted it right that's what I'm learning a lot of cars issues could have been sorted if people had just stuck to a good servicing program and the other part is cars are remarkably electronic these days and you know how you deal with a computer misbehaving you turn it off and then you turn it on again and it usually resets Half of the time, that's exactly what we're doing with cars. But we're also scanning it to see what codes it's coming up with. So like what issues it's, it's telling us it has. Sometimes there's an update that needs doing. So they literally plug it into a computer, sends through an update, and then they turn it off, turn it on again, and the car works. That is crazy to me that so much of cars is electronic these days, but it's just true. So we're doing a lot of that day to day over and over and then I've called the customer I've told them what's happening they've either told me to go ahead or they've told me to go F myself which I've been told twice um, in three weeks which is fine um, but most people are pretty cool about the fact that their car is just broken uh, and they didn't do anything wrong it's just time and where and depends a lot on how you use your vehicle as to how quickly it breaks basically um, and um, so then at the end of the day, it's kind of a reverse of the morning. Hello, Mr. Smith, welcome back. How's your day been? Here's your bill, um, sign here. I'll walk you out to your car. We'll make sure that your seat covers have been removed. That's a trick. The techs leave the seat covers and the, um, the feet um, mats in to kind of show to the customer that we did use seat covers and um, floor mats, give you an opportunity to walk out to the car with the customer just to double, triple check that nobody missed anything, like the car actually got washed and blah, blah, blah. Although I am supposed to check on that before I text the customer. Sometimes I get four jobs pop onto my desk at the same time and I'm like in a mad flap just trying to get everybody like typed up and sent out before like they're due to pick up time otherwise I have customers calling me I'm supposed to be there in half an hour where's my car which is absolutely fair enough because as we know if they're there at four they've had to travel for half an hour right so they don't want to be receiving a text message half an hour before they're due to pick it up they want to be receiving a text message an hour before they're due to pick it up I get that I know that but sometimes the techs don't get me the paperwork quick enough because they're pushing to the line right so I'm flapping at the other end trying to go as fast as I can and get the car washed and because we do a courtesy groom and all of that kind of stuff um, I'm 
make sure it gets out on time. So at the end of the day, sometimes the first time I'm actually seeing the car is at the end of the day, but I tend to walk out with the customer, pull out the seat cover and the floor mat and be like, oh, the techs left that in there. <laughs> Lucky I'm here, even though they pretty much do it every time. Um, and check over the car. And then I'm supposed to pull cars out for customers, but honestly, I'm a girl and most male customers will just be like, it's okay, darling, I've got it. And I'm like, you know what, I'm not fighting you on this because I want you to go away with a good service experience, not a bad taste in your mouth that your girl drove, that a girl drove your car better than you did. So um, I'm not gonna, not gonna force that. But what I do is I stand out there under the guise of making sure nobody runs into them from behind because it's a busy workshop and I want them to be safe, right? So I stand out there and I watch the car pull out. I'm watching for a few things. I'm just making sure that the techs did actually check that all the lights are working and everything is going okay. I'm listening for sound. I'm, I'm basically just watching the way that they drive to see if that tells me anything for next time. Oh yeah, your brakes are squeaky, but you ride them like a mofo. Well, that's probably why, you know, like any of that kind of stuff. And then I wave them goodbye and customers have often, you know, toot toot and reply. Um, generally speaking, that's also to give good service, right? Like I'm out there, I'm helping them. I wave them off. I care about them. And I fucking do, right? Like I do very deeply. Every one of those cars feels like a passion project for me. I never want to send somebody out in a car that feels unsafe or unfinished sometimes i have to because the parts aren't here and we haven't booked them again for another week or two and it kills me until i see them back in again i'm sure i will get over that eventually but in the meantime i'm like about every car it's a little bit stressful at the moment and it also takes me a while to kind of do all of these things right so they told me the job was like eight to five it is not i have to be there I, I, I currently it is five to seven and I'm actually a little late um, that I'm not late right because my job is not actually started yet but if we don't turn up at seven at least um, and be sitting out paperwork and going over paperwork and checking the jobs and just reminding ourselves of what we've got today um, and then um, you know just talking to each other setting up spreadsheets setting up our day basically um, you're just on your back foot when the, the gates open at 7.30 and you've got cars flooding in and you're like, wait, who are you and what's happening? You know, it's it's not a good look, right? So, um, well, I mean, I'm sure the customers don't know any different because we just pick up a clipboard, go around to them and hello, Mr. Philip. Um, but um, I do. I feel it if I haven't read the jobs and know what's happening because we don't know which car we're going to get. So that's another thing. As they drive in, we just get we just pick up the clipboard and go over and that's my job for the day now sometimes I've picked up clipboards and been like ah oh, get knotted <laughs> you know like it's a massive job there's no parts on the order and you're like ah so I'm learning a lot about checking the jobs the day before because I can't guarantee that somebody has checked them properly here's the other thing my offsider, the other service advisor in Lower Hut. So the, the I've been training in the town site and then I came to the Lower Hut site where I will be working. This is my job site, right? Um, my offsider watches uh, TV on a phone all day, plays phone games, um, has a earpod in pretty much permanently for the entire day. And I don't know how she does it. 
and she's got like a, I think she's got like a photographic memory. Um, so she's able to easily recall what's happening with what number plate when mechanics go, what's happening with PKE 305? And she's like, oh, I'm waiting for an answer about blah. But she's not actively waiting for an answer about blah, right? She's She's been watching a TV episode and laughing at it on her phone and then showing me Facebook reels and then talking to me about all the games that she plays while I've been trying to frantically follow up my jobs. Um... And then, at the end of the day, she'll be like, oh, get fucked, I forgot to order that thing, or I forgot to do this, or that customer's coming in tomorrow and she's a bitch, she's always yelling at me because I forgot to do this one time. Do you think that you being on your phone and spending three hours buying flights to Invercarvel for you and your friends and complaining about the cost of them to me the entire time while I was trying to concentrate has anything to do with the fact that you forget stuff and customers don't really like that? Um, she hasn't really figured that out yet, I don't think. Um, she is a little younger than me, and I don't think she's come from customer service like I have. Um, customers for me are like the priority. The cars come second or whatever. She is very keen on the cars part of it, um, but customers are kind of an annoyance to her. So we'll see how this goes. I really like the job, as you can tell, because I've been talking passionately about it for like 20 minutes now. Um, I think it's I think it's a really fun job. It's a cold job. I spend pretty much two hours of my morning, first thing in the morning, out standing outside in a driveway ready to greet people. Um, but most of the time, I like it because, uh, like, you know, cars break and we fix it. You know, I kind of I kind of look at it from the other way. You know, cars will break unhelped. They will just break. If you don't do anything to them, they break. That is their thing. They're only made to work as long as somebody cares for them, you know? Um, and we care. We we fix it. We get you back on the road. There was a guy yesterday who, he had a camper van and um, he just bought it. And he was taking his kids for a holiday because at the moment it's school holidays over here. And he was, yeah, he was taking his kids out for holiday and there was a sensor on his car. And he was like, what is that? That doesn't seem good. And he brought it into us, right? And he was gutted because he was like, okay, well, I'll wait because I've got the kids with me um, and they've got laptops and stuff. And if you tell us, like, what's happening with the car, um, you know, maybe it's nothing much and we can still go on holiday. And I had to break the bad news to him that... um, we scanned it a couple of times and, and it wasn't going to be an easy fix. We needed it for a day, maybe two, um, to do more scans, do more tests. And half of the things that you have to do on a car as well, like you have to shut the car down. Um, so you do a thing, you send an update through or whatever, and you've got to shut the car down for an hour or so. So it sort of has time to reset or you know, rethink about it or whatever and then turn it back on and test whether it's actually done it and then take it for another drive to like reprogram stuff. It's a whole thing. It's a, it's a big process, right? Like a lot of those updates are um, and a lot of those fixes are because you try one thing and it won't necessarily work and then, you know, you're like, ah, crap, and you've basically got to start again. It's a process of elimination sometimes. And, and this one was coming out to be like that. He'd been there for two hours already. I'd got his kids some free cars. Like, we have little toy cars on site. Um, 
and I'd been over a couple of times and chatted with them and you know asked about the TV programs they were watching and stuff and really tried my best to keep them happy while they were there you know because I really felt for them you know they were going on holiday in a camper van how exciting that they just bought and it broke now I called live in RV where they'd bought it from and the guy was horrified he was like oh my god we did not send them a sell them a faulty caravan did we and I was like I don't know yet we're, we're trying to find out and he was like okay well keep me informed anyway we bought a sensor we put the sensor in we did all those resets we kept it overnight we did some more resets did some more testing in the morning and it looked like it was being it was going to fix it right like it looked like it but we didn't want to say too early um and then we took it for another couple of runs and 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 um did a few more tests and we were sure it was fixed so i rang live in rv and i'm like cool it was a sensor we've spent like you know this many hours on it um because you don't spend hours on it you clock off when it's just sitting right you don't keep clocking for the hours that it's just sitting so we only put like three and a half hours on it even though it had been with us for like two days right and he was like i'll pay it i'll pay it i feel bad let's get him on the road so i got to call the guy yesterday afternoon at like four o'clock in the afternoon or whatever and say hey jean paul uh you and your kids are going on holiday this weekend come get your camper van i know it's like four o'clock um i'm hoping you can get here but you can come get it um and also don't worry about the bill live in rv picked it up we've been in chats they've got you covered they feel really bad about that about ruining your holiday a bit so between the two of us we've worked together we've made a deal and and they've covered the bill and we've got you back on the road so come get your car and he burst into tears on the phone um and was just so excited about you know the prospect of being able to take his kids on holiday again he could not thank us enough when he got here um and I was like okay I get this job now you know like we we help people get the thing that they love back some people really love their cars you know some people love the freedom that cars give them just the ease of life that cars give them and that's what we give them that's why I do it to be able to put them back in a situation where they're in control and they can do the things that they want to do and do the things that they want to love or have the thing that they love very much you know so I get it now so I'm looking forward to seeing where the rest of this job takes me but by way of explanation that's where I've been I've been learning all of that and 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 basically getting my head around that and I don't know how many of you out there have done a new job recently but it is exhausting and I have a pretty exhausting afterlife anyway like after work life with running three campaigns professionally and a couple for a podcast and and one for me so um yeah I've been kind of absent uh from pretty much everything but seeing my partner and eating and sleeping so um I apologize that I've been so, f- so away for so long um I hope this goes some kind of way to explain it um there's also a lot of personal stuff happening in my life my granddad um now has prostate cancer and bone cancer so we're as a family having to deal with that and what Christmas might look like because we're not even sure if he's going to respond to the treatments and stuff so a lot of personal stuff happening um for me right now and I really appreciate you guys just still being there in the background and just patiently waiting for the next episode of Jules from NZ it means a lot to me um that you are just still here and still supporting and I'm outside my work now as you can probably hear cars in the background and birds and me walking and all of that so I'm gonna pop in get myself a coffee and get situated to hopefully make some more people's day so I just want to give a big shout out 
to James Jason Barry Lerens, Ezekiel KP, Joey, Dusty, Carl and BJ for continually supporting you for listening um, and I hope you learned something about <laughs> dealerships and servicing. <laughs> I didn't realise that's what this episode would be, but there you go. Um, and if you're uh, enjoying listening to Jules from NZ or you just want to, um, you know, uh, give me a hand by sharing me with other people, go share your favourite episode of Jules from NZ with somebody. Um, that would mean a lot to me. So, inohora, kakite ano, aroha nui, kapaite tokotora. Have a nice day. Um, so, goodbye. I'll see you again soon, and I love you so much. Thank you all for for being here. It's been rough, but it's okay. Okay. Bye.